Well, welcome to our prayer meeting, our Bible study this evening. And we'll still continue to do this as long as we're allowed to meet here. And we'll probably do it from home if we have to. So it's uh, good to be a Christian in these doubtful days <laughs> and uh, to have great assurance in the Lord Jesus. And for those who uh, might be joining us tonight that are normally at their own churches on prayer meeting night, uh, we've been in Ephesians and tonight we're finishing Ephesians, but we've been a few years in the book of Ephesians. We're in chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians and the last few verses of that book, verse 21 of chapter 6, it reads, But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs and that ye might comfort, he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Let's pray before we start. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the love and concern and compassion that the Apostle Paul had for this beloved brother Tychicus, Lord, and all the saints there. Lord, we know that he's in prison, he was under the hammer, and uh, still he's rejoicing. And with troubles that we face and turmoils in the world today, Lord, we, we have faith in you. We know, the, we know the end. We have the end of the story. And Lord, we can read that book, your word, and be comforted. Strengthen the saints in this hour of need, and may opportunity come to testify to others. And may there even be more phone calls now than usual to friends and family. Lord, we pray that you would bless the word as it's open tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, in the last chapter of Ephesians, chapter 6 of Ephesians, uh, verses 10 and following, we've seen the Christian and his battles. We look before at that at the Christian and his blessings. But here, the Christian and his battles, we've noticed the enemy described and then the enemy defeated. And he'd be described verses 10 to 17 and the enemy defeated verses 18 to 20 where they're warring with the enemy, put on the whole armour of God. We're watching, verse 18, and we're witnessing, verse 19 to 20. And last few weeks we've noticed we are to pray for a brother's boldness in sharing the gospel. And Paul asked for that. He was an apostle. He had miracle power, but he still asks for brethren to pray for him in, with boldness, for boldness to share the gospel. And you can imagine that he's tied to a soldier. He's, he's shackled all day. And I'm sure he witnessed to those fellows. And he's going to face maybe even Nero, top, top dog of the day, you could call him. And he, <clears throat> he was praying for boldness to testify to him. So prayer shortens distances. Even though we're away way from each other, we can still pray. Prayer suppresses dread and prayer shatters difficulty. And he prayed, he asked for prayer for his bonds as well in sharing the gospel. Though he was bound, he was not bound. The word of God was not bound. He called himself still an ambassador in verse 20, though he was in prison. Ambassador in bonds. And there's not many ambassadors get in bonds unless they do something wrong in their, the country where they're an, an, an ambassador. But he was. Ambassador of heaven in bonds 
And he said, let me speak boldly. Now we come to this conclusion we have here where Paul talks about his fellow worker, verse 21 to 22. He describes his titles and he describes his duty and task there. And then Paul not only speaks of the fellow worker, but Paul gives a final word in verse 23 and 24 that we read a little bit ago. So Paul's <coughs> fellow worker, we have his description there. He, he's called Tychicus. Now, intelligent prayer is based on information and knowledge. It's hard to pray for something that's abstract. And Tychicus brought information about Paul to the Ephesians that they might intelligently pray for him. Um, Tychicus is mentioned in a similar way in the letters of, or to the in the similar letter of the book of Colossians, a corresponding letter to Ephesians. He was a native of Asia Minor, Acts 20 and verse 4. He was prob he might have been an Ephesian himself from the town of Ephesus. He and Onesimus carried the epistle to the Ephesians and also the epistle to the Colossians and possibly a letter to the later sins that is mentioned that we don't have in the scripture as scripture today. And he carried the, they he and Onesimus carried these to the churches in Asia. Um, <clears throat> Tychicus was one of the men chosen actually to accompany Paul to take the offering of the churches to the suffering saints at Jerusalem. So he was a trusted man, this man. And uh, these men carried these letters among robbers along the road, unprotected. They became scripture. God delivered these letters through these men, even to us today. On occasion, Paul used Tychicus as a messenger in 2 Timothy 4.12 and Titus 3.12. And um, a bit like the postman. We have a couple of postmen that attend the church here. And Brother Sakari used to be the, in charge of the postal department around here. But he, they'd know what Tychicus is up to, carrying good messages to many people. <laughs> and so <clears throat> Paul called Tychicus, first of all, as a fellow worker, a beloved brother. We call each other brother and sister in the Lord. <laughs> and so we are. We're in the family of God, and that makes us brothers and sisters. And some people become beloved brothers. Even as the Lord had uh, Peter, James, and John, he was closer to those than the other disciples. And we in our life come upon people that are beloved brothers. They're very close. They're very close friends. You can't be a beloved brother to everyone. There's not time to do that. He that hath, is, uh, hath friends must show himself friendly. If you've got a lot of them, you'll wear out. <laughs> you need to narrow it in. And here, Paul had this man as a beloved brother in the family of God. Um, <clears throat> there's an old saying, to dwell above with saints we love, that'll be glory. <laughs> but to dwell below with saints we know, well... That's a different story sometimes. I pray that not many times that's been so in your life. But this man, Tychicus, was a beloved brother. That's one of his descriptions. And the second description of this fellow worker, Tychicus, was also a faithful minister. It says in verse 21. And the word translated minister in, in that verse is diakonos. 
And what word is uh, related to that that we know that's transliterated almost into the, into the English is deacon, diakonos, an active servant. And Tychicus was willing to devote himself to the service of God, was a helper of Paul and an active worker for the cause of Christ. Paul had chains on his arms. Tychicus was on the move. He had the chains on his heart by the Lord to do the work that Paul couldn't do. And so he just, as it were, dedicated himself, addicted himself to the work of the ministry, if we find in other scriptures that men did, to get the message out from Paul that he wanted delivered to other people. Aren't you glad that Tychicus was a faithful, beloved brother, a faithful minister, because we wouldn't have Ephesians and we wouldn't have Colossians if he wasn't what Paul called him here as a fellow worker. Uh, he was invaluable to the Lord's work, a beloved brother, faithful minister. We see his duty, not only his descriptions as a fellow worker, but his task, his duty to minister tidings to them of Ephesus. Shall make known to you in verse the, the last part of verse 21 and verse 22 to make shall make known to you all things whom I've sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs. And so he shared tidings from Paul. He shared about Paul's health. Imagine being in a prison, cold, dark, damp, not fared well, chained to a, to a, to a, a jailer, and having had many things happen to you in your life that wouldn't have made it comfortable to be in these sort of conditions. In the book of 2 Corinthians, Chapter 11, and I think it's about 20, verse 24, 2 Corinthians 11, find it, verse 20, 22. It speaks of some of the things that happened to Paul. There's, there's four sections in the Bible that speak of this, and we may be using a couple of these in the morning service come Sunday. It, it reads here, are they Hebrews? So am I, Paul said. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I more. In labours more abundantly. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In deaths often. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes. Five times he got whipped. Thirty-nine times he would have been a physical mess to look at. Especially his back there. And wherever the whip had ventured on his body. Save one. Thrice was I beat, three times he was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered th shipwreck. A night and day have I been in the deep. In journeyings, often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among brethren. False brethren. Sad. That's very sad. In weariness, painfulness, watchings often, in hunger and thirst, fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, all those beatings, that which cometh upon me daily, the internal things, the care of all the churches. And so Tychicus was going to share Paul's health condition. It wouldn't have been good. He's getting toward the end of his life. He's younger than me at my age when he died, and so... Being beaten up as he had so often would have taken its toll. And Paul's finances. 
You would have thought Paul was a fully supported missionary. I am concerned for some fully supported missionaries when you hear some stories of their laziness. It's not good. It's got not a good testimony. They'll have to give an account one day for that. And, uh, but Paul, an apostle, could have demanded of churches they pay him and that he get fully supported. But it never says that he was. It says to one church, I think it was the Philippian church, you sent once and again to my necessity. And that's two times they gave him something to keep him going. But there was these things. And, and Tychicus would have told the Ephesians, who had been ministered to for almost three years by Paul, this is his financial state. He's not doing well. Not doing well health-wise, financially-wise. Uh, <clears throat> and um, Tychicus probably told him about the trial that Paul was going to face in Rome. He, 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 like any trial, even in our country, it takes a long time to get it going and to happen. And months can go, years can go by before you're brought to, to, to the trial. And so moving slowly, and Tychicus was, Tychicus was filling the Ephesians in on this. And um, he's also his psychological condition, his, his mental condition. And even the best of saints suffer these things and get down. And Second Corinthians, I think at the end of the... The book there tells us somewhat of that as Paul did suffer these conditions as he was pressed out of measure. Um, <clears throat> there would have been also the stories of soldiers that got saved in Nero's household and others. And so that would have been a blessing. So there's some of the things that were shared by this faithful minister of, the, of Paul and of the Lord. Uh, minister tidings and also to minister tenderness to the uh, Ephesians. It says in verse 22, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might, ye might know our affairs or what I've just described and that ye, he might comfort your hearts. Uh, they were probably concerned for Paul. The Ephesians were concerned and so he was going to comfort their hearts. Um, <clears throat> if you remember the last time that Paul was at Ephesus is when he was journeying back to go to Jerusalem and he sent ahead somehow to tell the elders of the Ephesus church to come down and meet him on the shore because he didn't have time to go into Ephesus in, in inland a bit and, and come out. He'd missed the ship because he wanted to get to the feast at Jerusalem. And so the elders of the church came down and met him there. And you read the occasion, we haven't got time to read that, but that's found in the book of Acts chapter 20, 37 and 38. And Paul there met with the Ephesians, at the elders there and... and um, warned them that's the last time and they fell on his neck and, and kissed him and so there was an emotional connection there and uh, he's, ten he's tenderly ministering to them he remembers that occasion it would have been a few years earlier of the things that that actually happening actually he warned them on that occasion there shall come grievous wolves among you even of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things in that portion and so <clears throat> in tenderness he spoke to the Ephesians, he had him on his heart. So that's Paul's fellow worker, Tychicus. And Paul's final word, 23 and 24. Then we come almost to the end of the chapter here and probably haven't got a whole lot of time to share this. Usually restrict it to 25 minutes. It might go a little longer. Uh, Paul's final word, <clears throat> peace be to the brethren and love with faith. Peace, grace, love and faith. Consider those. Peace. What nationality 
share greetings like that. The word shalom. Hebrews, the Hebrew people, the Jewish Christians among them. Grace. What's that? That's the Greeks, the Grecian ones that were among them, the Gentiles, the Greeks. New Testament was written in Greek. Love and faith. Um, That's the brethren in general. So he covered them all using the different words to speak to them in his final word. Um, Peace, grace, love, faith. These words will ring out until earth's shores recede as we fly away and stand amid the scenes of glory and lay our armour down that he's just talked about. Until grace gives way to glory, until faith gives way to sight, and we see him face to face, until love's vast ocean fills all horizons and bathes our soul in the bliss of heaven for eternity. And so he's really encouraging in his final word to these Ephesians. Peace be to the brethren. Satan goes at us, bites at our heels all the days of our life. Especially if you get involved in God's work. The closer you get to the Lord, the harder the battle gets. Satan picks on the servants of God that want to do his will. And that's why it's not like the, uh, some people say, particularly the charismatics, you know, it's uh, prosperity gospel. The closer you get to God, the better it is and the glory and the, and the Mercedes Benz and the holidays and the big house. No, the opposite is true. Read Paul's epistles. Read those four occasions where he, he described like we read one of them this evening. No, it's tough. And so one day peace will be ours and more peace, as it were, to those that labor and draw near to God. We're at war with the enemy. We're at war with those that bring false doctrine, as even in the Ephesus church, they were, it was said to go, it was going to happen. Um, <clears throat> we're at war with those that are false and we're at war with the unsaved person's sin. We hate their sin, but we love the sinner. He said, love with faith. Love is a source and faith is the force. Love reaches down, faith reaches up. Love is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. Faith lies in between. Love reaches out to, without the hand, to the hand of God. Faith takes hold of it. Love provides all we need. Faith appropriates it. And it reads in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, And now abide of faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Knits them all together. Um, <clears throat> grace. It's grace that saves us. Sets us on the way to heaven, on the straight and narrow way. It's grace that keeps us in the company of the saints along the Christian pathway and makes us stick to it. And it's grace that will see us safely home at last. And so peace, love, faith, grace come from God the Father, as it says in the last verses here. Um, <clears throat> Lord Jesus Christ and the Father, co-eternal and co-equal. How wonderful that God in the supreme and crowning revelation of himself is a father. I know with Andrew over there in Israel, they say Abba, Abba. Uh, Abba Father, and we can say Abba Father. He didn't present 
the Father as a judge here, as a creator, wonderful and powerful, although that is, he is. Not as the holy and righteous God, but as a father, a father who is concerned for his children. And so he's telling the Ephesians, God is concerned for you. And uh, <clears throat> in this closing portion of scripture, he uses an interesting word, and we're going to close with that. It says, Grace be to you, uh, be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. This is not a sentimental word. This is a word of truth. Sincerity, not sentiment, should characterize our love as Christians. You say, oh, I love you, and talk to somebody and go around and talk about them when you're not around them. We, in sincerity, God knows what we're saying and thinking. Uh, <clears throat> we need to have sincerity. And this is the last word, but rather other than amen, of this book. Sincerity. It means without corruption. Incorruptible. Our love should be without corruption. It should be a deathless, unfading love and takes on the nature of immortality. Um, <clears throat> we need to have sincerity. It means authentic. The Greek word is authentikos. Genuine, trustworthy, reliable, sincere, opposite from pretense, hypocrisy and flattery. Let me just share a few verses quickly that I have written down about where the word sincerity is used. 1 Corinthians 5.8 Keep the feast with un the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christians, be open, be true. God's looking. He sees right through us. He knows whether we're real, fair income or not. Joshua twenty four fourteen. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Again, the same as first Corinthians five eight. You know, you can be sincerely wrong. Cults are sincerely wrong on the wrong path, they're not on the narrow and straight road, they're on the broad road. Sincerity is not a virtue in, in and of itself, it's connected with other things. Sincere, sincere in the truth, as, as we've already read. Uh, <clears throat> in Acts 18, 24 to 28, it doesn't use the word sincerity, but the, the thought is there, and I believe you looked at the Greek, it's probably got the word sincere there. Apollos taught diligently, and he was teaching about the baptism of John. And Aquila and Priscilla heard him, and they said, this man's sincere, this man's for real, this man means it. And they took him aside and taught him the way of God more perfectly. And he went out boldly preaching in sincerity and truth more of it. More of what he was teaching more, and understanding better. In 2 Corinthians 8.8, 8, we prove the sincerity of our love by abounding in the grace of giving to the Lord's work. Did you hear that? <laughs> we prove as Christians, 2 Corinthians 8.8, 8, that's all about grace giving, we prove the sincerity of our love for God by what we give to him. That's an interesting thought. Have you ever thought of that? You hear a lot of people losing their jobs. They're talking about a million people in Australia losing their jobs. And that's tough. I was hearing on the way here of people that are losing their jobs and lost their jobs. And they said, I'm glad we're in a good family that will support us. Our money's going to run out real quick. But... Uh, huh. 
let's, let's remember the Lord and his work in the meantime too in these troublesome times. Ephesians 6.24, love the Lord in sincerity and truth. Philippians 1.10, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ. That's his coming for the church. Be sincere until that time. Be open and honest and fair dinkum. True blue, as we say here in Australia. Um, <clears throat> Romans 12.9, let love and be without dissimulation or without insincerity or without hypocrisy. Let our love be that way. Second Corinthians 1.12, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity they behave themselves toward the Corinthians. Rejoice in godly sincerity. And last of all, Second Corinthians 2.12, We are not like many who corrupt the word of God but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God speak we in Christ. We're not trying to push our opinion on the word of God. That's eisegesis. We are letting the word of God speak to us and change us. That's exegesis. And we need to be sincere about this. One day God's going to say, you're my, you're my son, you're my daughter, why didn't you listen to my word? Why did you try to force your opinions on the word of God? And folks, there's a whole lot of people do that. Those in the reformed movement, many of them, are forcing things that are not in the word of God onto the word of God. They want their opinion to dominate. Dangerous thing. That's not sincere. We go to the scriptures to let them speak to us, not us to them. Sincerity and truth. Sincere. We conclude with this comes from a Latin sincerus and it means without wax. When the Romans conquered, conquered the Grecians, they destroyed most things. But afterward, the Romans said, oh, we shouldn't have done that. A lot of the, the sculptures and things that they had around there were very valuable and very well done. And so what they started doing is getting the bits of these and putting them together. Might have been an arm broken or a head gone or something like that, an ear off. And they were putting these, thing, these things back together. And they were sneakily waxing them together, sticking them back on. And people would come and buy them thinking they were getting the authentic, original, nothing wrong with it. Until they left it out in the garden or wherever they had it in the house. And then a hot day come, the arm would fall off, the head would fall off, the ear would fall off. They weren't sincere. They weren't sincere. And so what they began to do around town there, they, they, they wrote a, put a sign on that, on their artifacts and their sculptures, whatever, that they'd, re, that they'd found and said, since they put sincerus, without wax, without wax. <laughs> you know, as Christians, are we without wax? When the heat, heat's turned up and summer's, been, summer's gone, it wasn't really a hot summer, was it? It was only a few days. <laughs> and it cooled off. But do, do we melt? Do our arms fall off? <laughs> do we go to pieces? Are we a sincere Christian? When times are tough like they are now, and will we get a lot more tougher in the next few months, we're going to hold together. Are we sincere? Grace be to, with all them that love our Lord in Jesus Christ in sincerity, he didn't say in truth, that's other places. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. 
bless it to our hearts tonight. May we be sincere, as Tychicus was sincere, and Paul was sincere, and without wax. They served the Lord no matter what. They continued to explain and teach the word of God and serve you until the end. We ask that you'd help us to do that, each one of us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just by way of um, prayer request, for those in the church, we'll be putting the prayer requests that we have on WhatsApps to keep them more private. And so um, Brother Sam and Elise will be putting those up, or Robbie, on WhatsApp. And so you can go there to, to have a prayer time together or on your own or in your own prayer times uh, during, during each day. Thank you for being with us tonight.